This is episode number 584 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Inner Fight Podcast. Thanks a lot for tuning in, no matter where you are in the world. And as always, a big shout out to our show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo. Please do hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com. Check out exactly what's going on over there. Meal plans, yummy treats. Yup, I had plenty of those during my 24-hour run. You need them as well. They fired me through that and they can help you. Recipes that you can get involved in and all sorts of goodness. Drop them an email, hello at smithstreetpaleo.com and they'd absolutely love to hear from you, I'm sure, and they will help you out. That's for sure. Today's guest is actually his third appearance on the show. He was, let me just check, on episode number 436, where we spoke about the power of persistence. Brian was then back on the show on 526, where we spoke about his ultra through the Arctic in minus five and minus 40 temperatures. He's an absolutely awesome guy, filled with a lot of energy. And whilst he was recently here in Dubai, I sat down. I didn't give him any background on this topic at all, but I quickly broke out and into practicing self-awareness. We hear it spoken about a lot. We know we should do it. We know we should be more self-aware because that's what all these leadership books tell us. But how do you do it on a daily basis? And they were some of the questions that I put to Brian. Again, as I said, I didn't brief him at all on this. I just hit him straight with it. I said to him, do you want to know what we're going to talk about? He said, no, just hit me with it. So his answers are raw. They're honest. And as always, very, very well crafted, very charismatic. He swears a little bit. I'm sorry about that for those that uh, are sensitive to that. But he's a guy who knows a lot. And this was an awesome chat. Brian Keane is yours, ladies and gentlemen, for the next 40 minutes. I love talking to him and I hope you get a lot from it. No matter where you are in the world, thank you so much for tuning into the show. If you enjoy this show, please go rate, review it, tell your friends, help them out, help us out. I'd really appreciate it. Enjoy it. From the title, some of you may have heard this guy before, heard me on his podcast, heard him over on mine, Brian Keane, for the first time in Dubai. It's like big fight night. Mate, welcome back. Thanks so much, mate. It's awesome to be back. I just have to say before we get started, like I'm aware I'm going to be swearing like for fuck's sake straight away. But I'm like, I run this podcast at home. I'm about half the amount of episodes as you, 250 episodes. And fucking Marcus rocks up with this full mini studio job, mate, like in a hotel in Dubai. I'm like, man, he is on his shit. Like, you need to, uh, yeah, you need to scale up and uh, stop being so, as you'd say in Ireland, so pikey about things. <laughs> yeah, I know it's pretty bad. I'm on it now. I'm like, this is my motivation call. I need to get my shit together when I get home. No, you just, mate. Mate, tell us a little bit. Why, why are you actually here in Dubai? I think that that's a good part a good way to kick this off and then we can rock and roll from there um so i'm over speaking at the mefit conference so we're literally sitting in the fairmont hotel in dubai at the mefit conference and i'm speaking a lot of personal trainer based questions today and personal trainer based seminars yeah so talking about things that personal trainers should know building social media strategy um i did a talk on thursday about mental toughness so running through the arctic and the sahara you yeah. know the marathon to sob that you did as well um Easy race, that one. yeah <laughs> but it was in comparison and <laughs> And then tomorrow, I've got a full day business building seminar. So people that are personal trainers or fitness industry workers in Dubai are coming yeah. to work with me directly on a workshop. So spending the next few days here and then flying back out home on Monday. Mate, you, I don't want to make this show all about you. No, about, about that. <laughs> I obviously <laughs> want to make it all about you, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> However, you, you do a lot of this kind of stuff. Like you, In the last couple of years, you, you're teaching more seminars helping people, helping personal trainers. Can you give us a little bit of background on what it's really about and really a little bit of a sales pitch. Why should come, someone come and listen to you? 
Well, it's funny because I literally in the talk I did right before we recorded this podcast, like I'm so bullish on if you think I can help you, you should come to my seminar. If you don't, yeah. you shouldn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I'm very black and white about it. I'm like, if you're a personal trainer looking to get started or you're a personal trainer looking to scale your business or move online, then yeah, you should probably come to the seminar because it'll help you. I'm like, if you don't think I'll help you or you think I'm a twat, I'm like, you shouldn't Stay come. at home. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like, you shouldn't, you know? Yeah. I'm the first one to, I do that with everything and over the last few years, I've been working a lot more with personal trainers to help them build their business just because, to be honest, it's a bit of a macro thing because of my time commitments, obviously my daughter at home, yeah. family commitments. It's a case of you still want to have an impact on people and positively help them. And I can do that with my online programs, my fitness programs. But when you help personal trainers and you get them to get their business set up in the right way and their marketing the right way and helping their clients with the right service... It, they're able to have a better impact on their. <laughs> they're able to have a better impact on their life, and as a result of that, it's kind of just. It's something I've loved doing because yeah. you're seeing that positive impact. That one trainer that's got twenty clients takes a couple of nuggets of gold from your seminar, from your talk. Yeah. They go and apply that with their clients. Then their lives are better, and then you're getting messages from their clients and getting messages wow. from them. Is that how far the reach is, mate? Like mm. you teach someone on a seminar or something, and one of their clients would then come back to you and yeah. like message you and yeah. say, Brian, wow, yeah. That's what, what you taught my coach has really changed my life. That happened. We were um, talking just before we went on air. You were listening to my recent podcast with Alistair Hirsch and the last uh, 10 minutes of that podcast, yeah. he was talking about one of his clients that he sent to my, I, and I'd worked with Alistair and he sent one of his clients to my podcast on dealing with mental health and dealing with anxiety. One of his podcasts that he didn't know had was trying to kill themselves and the last 10 minutes of that podcast episode, like I was speechless. I was like, I don't even know what to say to this story. And you you forget the impact you're having by working with people on their business or working with people directly. And then the people that they're working with and how it all comes back together. And then you're, you're getting those messages from the people who tune into your podcast. That's insane. It's just, it's insane. Like just give you so much motivation as well, mate. Like, you know, I think sometimes obviously you do a lot of, a lot of stuff where you're standing up and just pushing information out, helping people, sharing, and it can sometimes be a little bit, it's almost like a little bit one-way traffic. Like, there could be thousands of people listening to us today and maybe one person will get back to us. But when you get that one piece of feedback, it's like, wow, this is, it gives you energy like nothing else, right? It's, it's amazing. I've started saving them. Um, like really? I, I, yeah, I've started putting them into what I call like my self-doubt folder. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you know those days and like, you're the same, Marcus, because you put out so much amazing yeah. content. But, like, there's days when you're just, you're not feeling like you're making any difference. Yeah. Like, there's days when you wake up and you're like, why the fuck am I bothering? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not having any impact today. You're just having one of those low days, yeah. those self-doubt days. Like, they're, they're few and far between now, thankfully. Yeah. But I still get them. And I just, I go back on that folder and that message and those messages yeah. that people have sent me. And I'm like fuck i am having an impact i am having keep a difference going, keep yeah going, like i yeah. think everybody should do that like yeah. in some capacity the nice things people say to you the things that lift you up and motivate you like save them somewhere on yeah. those days when you're feeling shit you can go back and look at them yeah you know and and that's what i've been doing and it's it's it gives me more motivation it's really? like it's literally like the fire is being diminished and yeah. that's throwing gasoline on the fire when Just you look back on it up. yeah it's interesting mate because we see we do see it a little bit in our industry don't we like personal trainers will, will share messages from people and often like they'll share it on their social feed maybe you're talking about sharing keeping it more privately but they'll share it on their social feed and you sometimes think 
is that just to try and sell more or yeah. is that just genuinely they just because when, when we post to social media and we can talk about social media the whole day but when we post to social media it's maybe because we're happy or proud of something isn't it and we sort of put it out there and it's like this double-edged sword like more motivation or is it a sales pitch but i guess if it does both and then you can reach the next person in line or someone else then you've you've had two wins with with one bullet it, it, it it's a funny one on social media because i've always one of the reasons that I love podcasts and videos, particularly podcasts because it's long form, like yeah. you can't hide in a podcast. Like if you're <laughs> full of shit, you're going to yeah. get pulled out pretty quickly on a podcast. Yeah. Whereas in an Instagram post that's been curated and filtered and written 50 times, it's like <laughs> you've seen what's gone up there. Like so I, I tend to connect more with podcasts for that reason because yeah. you tend to see what someone's really like. And, and I'll, yeah. I'll die on my sword. You know, if somebody listens to me on this podcast or any podcast and they're like, Brian's a dick, yeah. I'm like, cool, I'll die on my sword. Yeah. I'm like, if you don't like me, this is who I am. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you know, compared to an Instagram post that's a three-minute video or or a, uh, a curated post that's taken seven hours to get right. Mate, I don't want to spend too much time because it's actually a topic that I've, I've sort of thought about that I think you'll give a lot of value on, but I want to go back to what you're saying there. Curated social media. You, one thing I've always loved about your Instagram, mate, is that it's pretty raw. Like, it, I think because you really, and this is my opinion, but I think because you sort of started in the Snapchat days, yeah. which was just like, you know, fucking hell, this is fucking me, let's get into it, sort of thing. And, and there was no filter, you're just like, you're bang on with everything. And Snapchat was somehow, it was a little bit more temporary, wasn't it? We were just putting stuff out, and we, like, with this, we just knew it would go. Instagram seems to be so much more curated, but you still stuck true to that. You just put up, like, anything, and you don't, like, with, with no disrespect, except your podcast, it doesn't look like you've spent more than 30 seconds on yeah, it. Yeah, that's probably because that's and, super accurate. And you have a massive following. So, what, is, there, is that a purposeful strategy? What do we think about curated content? We've got about two minutes left on this, and then we'll move on to All a right, to be, topic. Keep this super short, Marcus. <laughs> I'm going to level with you and tell you I don't, I, I don't spend any time on it because yeah. I'm like, I don't fuck this <laughs> filtering my photos, and I'm like, this is what I have to say. Yeah. This is what I'm going to put up, and I I think I'm lucky that I've got followers <laughs> because I try and focus on the value because, like, yeah. you're not coming in to look at pretty pictures on my Instagram right. for the most part. And it's just, it's my message. To be honest, it's not my truth. Like, if I start curating, and of course yeah. you want your wall and all that to look pretty and look nice, but I'm like, fuck it. it I'm like, I'm just going to put up a message. Like, yeah. I do my 10-question Q&A on my Instagram story Monday to Friday. I'm like, my, my goal here is to provide value to the people following me. Yeah. You know, and like I, I talked about this in a social media talk yesterday. I'm like, my goal isn't to build a million followers. My goal right. is to provide value to the 80,000, 81,000 plus that are following me. Yeah, and yeah. if that goes to a million, great. Yeah. I'll try and provide value to the million. But the goal is to provide value to the people that are there. And I don't think they follow me for the curated content. Like, there's, there's, <laughs> there's prettier people out there. There's sexier people out there. Mate, like, I think, f- like, adding a filter to yourself, you're a great-looking guy, ripped. <laughs> adding a filter could just up your... Uh, DM game. Yeah, there we go. Know, there mate. we go. Fuck, maybe, maybe I'll look into that. <laughs> mate, I haven't briefed you on this, but what we've had a lot of conversations, you and I, around self-awareness. Yeah. And I want to talk not theoretically about self-awareness today, but more about... Because we can go to a plethora of different podcasts and, yeah, you should be self-aware. But at the end of the day, people have to go out and people have to practice it. So I want to try and dive in, as long as this is all right. I want to try and dive in with you about things that you educate people in the seminars that you teach. 
do on a daily basis that you think perhaps exercise self-awareness? And is it meditation? Is it, is it stuff like you were just saying there, cor- collecting all of the positive feedback that you've had? Does that give you some grounding? Because as I say, we can read books about it, but in reality, it's so different, mate, isn't it? And I think that's one thing that I've... When I go to seminars like, like the last few days here at MeFit Pro, it's almost like, yeah, this is great. But on Monday morning when people go back to their desk, they're like, okay, how do I actually make this happen yeah. in reality? Now, that's a very long-winded question, but it's going to form our discussion for the next sort of 30 minutes, mate. So kick off wherever you want to kick off. If it's five-step approach, I don't know how this is going to go. Go for it. You love to talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. In, in terms of – yeah, that's true. I love to talk. Um, <laughs> in terms of the self-awareness, it's – it's funny because I was actually talking to, I did a podcast with our mutual friend Tom Otten yeah. on Tuesday, on Wednesday, um, and I brought you up in that podcast because my self-awareness, one of the reasons I love following you and your content and love being able to bounce ideas and stuff off you yeah. is because my set default mental toughness is nowhere near what yours is. Thank and you. I, to kind of tie it back a little bit, when I went into the world of ultra-endurance, I started to become a lot more self-aware about myself when I ran Marathon de Saab, when I ran through the Arctic in February, two previous podcasts we've talked about. And when I started to do those things, they make you quite self-aware because they kind of take everything away. Like you're, you're nearly in full survival mode when you're doing those events. And... Every time I would do a run, so I, 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 I this joke. This is the best camera angle, by the way. Oh, I've now changed it four times. For anyone there, watching there we on go, YouTube, he's like, "How do I make this fucker look I'm good?" Really sorry. <laughs> like, your tripod keeps getting in my way. <laughs> Every time Brian's spoke for more than sixty seconds, I moved his tripod. Sorry, mate. This is the last position. You look really good. Continue. <laughs> so we're so professional. Yeah, fucking does the job. <laughs> so when it, so when I started going down in the world of ultra endurance, I guess it was. We've, we've spoken about this, and I spoke about this with Tom on that podcast, that I have such a massive hatred for running as yeah. someone that runs ultramarathons. Like, I fucking hate running. Yeah. Like, you know, I love weight training. I love hit workouts. I love doing circuit weight, and I'll do that till the day I die. Yeah. But I won't run unless I've signed up for a race or an event. And I also won't run and train for it unless I've signed up for a race or an event that I'm not 100% sure I can finish. Yeah. And I, the self-awareness came from that because what was happening to me when I was signing up for like little mini runs, like half marathons and stuff, I just didn't do them. One, I didn't train for them. And two, I didn't do them. I'm like, ah, fuck that. I'm busy really? on Saturday. Yeah, because... You just make up an excuse. I would make up an excuse. Like, this it. is why I connect so much with your, you know, stop taking bullshit. Show yeah. no weakness. Like, yeah, yeah. I connect so much with that because that my default would be to make up an excuse and show weakness. Wow. And I realized, and it's a hard part of yourself to realize how weak you are mentally yeah. that you're like because you can justify an excuse that's therein yeah. lies the problem yeah, yeah. like there's a fucking million reasons why you shouldn't do something yeah you know and what i understood about myself was i have to set a big goal i right. was like if i don't set a big goal that has a small bit of fear attached to it i won't even train for the event and, and in this case that's fear of failure basically. no in this or... case it's, it's fear yeah yeah fear of failure yeah. fear of i yeah, fear of failure, I suppose, is the right word in terms of I'm not 100% sure if I can complete it. Right. So when I did Marathon to Saab in 2008, you know, I ran the Dubai Marathon in January of that year. In that a hoodie. Was, that, in a hoodie <laughs> and, a, and a backpack. And that was my first ever marathon. Like, I had never yeah. ran before that marathon. And then I ran Marathon to Saab three months later, four months later. Wow. And I ran that marathon to prepare. 
and Marathon de Saab was actually, you know, six back-to-back marathons in the Sahara Desert. That was the first marathon I ever signed up for. So Crazy, yeah. I was so afraid that I wouldn't complete that race or I was fear at, at the time I didn't know was I going to die in the Sahara. I had, yeah. I had no idea yeah. because I wasn't in the world of ultra running. I didn't know how it worked. And I signed up for that race and I was so afraid that it made me train. It made me run. It made me... Because I... You know, I put in my first book. It's not a sales pitch for, for, sales pitch for my but first book. But you should definitely read it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Say, like, get it off I've a friend. It. Yeah, yeah, get it off a friend. Like, you I'll know. send you the PDF, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Discount code, free books from yeah. Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't give a fuck. And I'm like, read it if you think it'll help you. Yeah. And I, in, in that book, I wrote about, you know, one of the ways I used to set goals when I was competing in bodybuilding and was, you know, we joked about it, you know, men's bikini. Like yeah. when I used to do fitness modeling and stuff, which is what Just I did. Bikini straight yeah, up. Yeah, no fucking, no, man, I, I was rocking a pink bikini. It was great. But uh, when, I, when I was competing, I used to have to set those big goals and yeah. they would keep me motivated. And I realized when I went into the world of ultra endurance, I'm like, I need to be afraid of the goal that I set or else I won't approach it. I do the same things with my sales targets in my right. business. Right. I'm like, I have to set a number that I don't think is a hundred percent achievable or else i won't even strive for that number wow. i have to do it or else i, I can't get motivated and this is the way that works for you mate it's self-awareness yeah. so bringing it all back to yeah. self-awareness because this isn't what i recommend to everybody but what i do recommend is find what is the self-awareness that drives you i people look at me from the outside and i never want anyone to listen to look at me look at marcus look at anyone and be like pedestal yeah, where it's like yeah. oh look at this crazy shit they're doing yeah. where i'm like i do the crazy shit because that's what's relative to me in yes. terms of i have to, if i don't train like the 100 mile ultra that i signed up for the jackpot 100 in yeah. february like i'm like 100 miles a long fucking distance in 24 hours i'm like yeah. you know I'm like that. I think I'm pretty sure I can do it, and training is going well. Yeah. But it's not a given. Like right. I wouldn't sign up for a 50 miler because I'm like I can do 50 miles. Right. You know, I'm like I, I know I can do 50 miles. Yeah. But I'm like 100 miles is going to tax me in a different way. So setting those goals and setting those targets for me keeps me motivated and driven. Right. And as someone who has a mental weakness by default. Yeah. I know that in order for me to become a stronger version and become a person who can complete 100 miles or become a person who can run through the Arctic or become someone who can do marathon to sob, yeah. I need to firstly set the fucking target high yeah. and then I need to put in the, the work that gets me there. And right. if I'm not motivated to put in the runs every day or put in the work every day, I won't fucking do it. And that's why I had so much weakness for so long. Yeah. So my self-awareness on me is, so if you're listening and hearing me doing some cool shit or crazy shit, yeah. it's nothing to do with being like, doing cool and crazy shit it's like i can't get motivated otherwise right so if i don't set that target i actually won't do anything yeah right. so that's wow. bringing it all back to self-awareness and anyone some people will connect with that some people have different versions of that but it's finding what drives you what works for you what motivates you yeah and just applying the question and reflecting back on it yeah. you know we can go in whatever direction you like with that but that's what i, I do in that uh, sense mate that's it's a really good place to kick off and you said a couple of things one of them which i want to pick up on straight away you said that your natural default is mental weakness yeah now and this is it may be even cutting circles back to what we we're talking about at the start and social media and stuff through your podcast mate and the stuff that you've done i don't think that's a characteristic that someone would say yeah brian's mentally weak guy like you know you've you had a career in teaching you went out on a fitness limb, as a lot of people do. You've set up a successful fitness business. You've got one of the biggest podcasts in in the UK for, for, and Northern Ireland, or Ireland. Fucking Republic South. <laughs> There's this little corner of Dublin, and he's the biggest. <laughs> but, mate, that 
that's not something that I think people would put together with you. Like, talk us through a little bit of that mental weakness that you think you have and how you've got, because this is massive self-awareness or vulnerability, which we spoke, I spoke about on my Instagram a few weeks ago. What, what, what took you there? How does that all work, mate? All right, let's just to kind of take a step back on it. When I say mentally weak, yeah. I, my, I default to mentally weak. Right. Meaning right. that I right now feel very mentally strong in anything that I do. Right. But it's kind of like I, the analogy that I use is the overweight person that's now skinny always has a chance to go back to overweight because right. they know they've been there before, they had a problem, yeah. and now they have a lifestyle, but there's triggers that could get them to binge or emotionally eat that could get them back to square one again right. that's how i feel when it comes to mental toughness and mental weakness yeah so in the sense of building that mental toughness or identifying it as a problem like it you know the analogy that i use is like you can only bang your head against the wall so often before you're wondering why your head hurts <laughs> i'm like i was wondering why i would set goals and and then make an excuse not to hit them yeah you know and letting fear stop me either setting a goal or you know i, I fear of success was a big thing for me too really? i'm like yeah or like what if In i get the way? thing that i want that's why it took me so long to start my fitness business wow. i'm like i was like what if it succeeds and what and, if i and, crush it yeah what <laughs> if i crush it but it's fucking weird because like that's, that's, a, that's wow. a worthiness thing like yeah. i'm like what if i crush it and i'm like i'm not People see through me, the imposter syndrome, and people see through me. Like, you know, and that was, that was my feeling for so many years. I'm like, that's why it stopped me. It took me so long to get that off the ground. Like, I was two years with one foot in teaching and one foot in personal wow. training because I just didn't have that confidence to make the jump. Like, that's a mental weakness. Yeah. You know, that's a not feeling confident in your own ability. Link- that's not backing yourself. Yeah. You know? If you link it back to self-awareness, is that, is it, is it? Did you know that you weren't quite ready or was it purely not backing yourself? Mate? No, man, it was not backing myself. Really? It, was, it was afraid of other people's opinions, afraid of what wow. people would say. Yeah. You know, I took way too much, like the words of family members and friends that I wouldn't have changed fucking positions with. Yeah. I was taking their advice and listening to what they were saying about staying in a safe and secure job. Yeah. And I was listening to them. Like I had a girl come up to me at the conference the last day. She's like, I'm building a home gym. You know, my mom and dad are telling me to do this. I'm like, are your mom and dad personal trainers? <laughs> and she was like, no. I was like, why the fuck are you listening to them then? Really? You know, and she's like, yeah, I suppose. She goes, but they're offering advice. I'm like, cool. Say thank you. Yeah. Don't listen. Everyone's like, going to offer up advice. Yeah, right? like, you know, like, that's the way it is and that will that never changes yeah you know people always do that and not backing yourself it's a very difficult thing because you there's there's so many reasons not to do something so many reasons not to set up a business yeah. so many reasons not to do a marathon so many reasons not to sign up with inner fight coaches so many reasons not to do this that or the other but they are excuses you know and when you stop making excuses that's the first step of it. And you take responsibility for it. Like my whole philosophy, you know, we, you mentioned the new book there, like own it, control it, change it. Like I'm big on owning your shit. Yeah. I'm like, cool, you're weak as fuck. Own that. Yeah. Now you can control it. Now you can change it. Yeah, I'm right. like, that's fine. I, like your starting point doesn't matter. How does, sorry, mate, I'm jumping in because you, you, you've got so many good points, but how does someone own it? Because this is the hardest part. By realizing right? you're fucking weak, useless and pathetic and being fine with that. 
Right. That's fine. Like I'm, I'm as fucking mentally weak as like my worst version of myself is so fucking mentally weak. My default version. Yeah. Like I never struggled with weight. If we're keeping that analogy from earlier, I never struggled with weight. So yeah. that's not something that I've had a problem with. So I've never had to own you have a problem with food or you have a problem with this. I'm like, that's fine. I, I always loved training and fitness. Yeah. But I was so mentally weak and that's wow. my default. And I had to own that. I'm like, cool. I'm like, to just fucking look at yourself in the mirror. You know, you were saying the last day when we met for lunch, you're like, a couple of days, you, you'd be looking at yourself fucking naked in the mirror yeah. and be like, yeah, you're mentally weak. Yeah. Sort that shit out. Yeah. Like, because otherwise it's the victim mentality. Like, yeah. the owning that mentality and, and owning shit is the opposite to being a victim. Being a victim is, right, I'm mentally weak. It's the world's fault. It's mum's fault. It's dad's fault. It's my boss's fault. Yeah. It's society's fault. It's this, that, or the other. I'm like, fine, that's cool. Play that card, but you can't control that and you can't change that. Yeah, right. I'm like, at least when you take ownership of it, you have some control of it and you, and it's, you can change it. Yeah. So it started with me being like, yeah, cool. You're so fucking mentally weak. Sort your shit out. You know? Like, either just own that fact and live in a cave and that's cool, or... <laughs> Start making yourself mentally stronger. You know, I spoke on Tom Otten's podcast. The reason I love your stuff so much yeah. is because I connect so much with your extreme attitude. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, the use of the world, the David Goggins of the world. I'm like, I connect so much of that. Yeah. Like, because that's what I try and build. Right. And like, I go into Marcus mode when I'm in the Arctic. <laughs> I go into Marcus mode when I'm in the Sahara. Yeah, I'm in the, just you. get your fucking foot in front of the other and just yeah. keep moving mode. Yeah. Like, and that you build. Like, I'm, the reason I wrote the new book, The Rewire Your Mindset, is all down to, the, and the same, fucking download the free PDF. Like, you know, just read it if you think you'll benefit from it. I'll send you yet. the promo. Yeah, code, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same idea, and I talk about this on the podcast, yeah. is like if, if you're mentally weak or there's a problem and you're not disciplined, yeah. that's fine. But yeah. like once you own it and take responsibility for that, now it's in your control and now you can change it. Yeah, you right. know, but don't play the victim card that it's somebody else's fault because it's not. Why do you think, mate, this is awesome because this is the... This is the core of self-awareness, isn't it? Why are people not owning it? Why are people not having that attitude that you had and went, I'm, I'm rubbish, I'm at rock bottom, I'm identifying it, and now I'm going to do something about it? Why are people playing the victim so much, in, obviously, in your opinion and in your experience? Because it's easier. It's fucking way easier, man. I played the victim for so long because it's really? way easier. Yeah, like, like nobody wants to fucking say they're weak, pathetic, and stupid. Like, you know, <laughs> nobody wants to do that. Like, it, it's really difficult and it's really hard. Yeah. Like, so I totally get it. I did it for years, Marcus. Yeah. Like, you know, that was my automatic go-to, you know? I was like, no, no, it's just easier to be like it's somebody else's fault and blame somebody else. Ironically, when you take that responsibility and you take that ownership for everything, it's like it's all on you. You know, I was speaking in the conferences about being personal trainers. I'm like, if my clients did shit, I'm like, that's my fault. Yeah. I'm like, if they didn't stick to their diet, I didn't communicate properly with yeah. them or else I didn't pre-qualify the right people coming in. I'm like, that's my fault right. because it crosses over into every area. I'm like, if something bad happens with my daughter and she doesn't turn out the way I want, I'll die on my sword. Yeah. Like, I'll try my parenting things. Like, all I'm trying to do is make sure she's kind to other people and arm her with the tools to deal with life that's hard. Life's not easy. It never was, never will be, and fucking isn't now. Like, yeah. it's not going to be. But I'm going to try and arm her with tools to deal with shit. Yeah. But that happens. If bad shit happens, she has the tools to deal with it. And I'll die on that sword. Amazing. But I'll own that. If, if it goes the wrong way completely, I'm like, fuck, I did the best I could with the information I had at the time. I thought this was the right thing. And that comes back to taking ownership on everything. Yeah. When you do it with your fitness or your mental weakness and you didn't you do it with your business and you do it in your relationships and you do it with your family yeah. and it's like it's the most empowering feeling in the world but the first step zero to one on that is really hard really because hard. like
like, one. you got to get real with yourself and yeah. be like, you are fucking stupid. You are weak. You are pathetic. Yeah. Cool. You want to get better? Now, now's the time. You've yeah. started. You've identified your weakness. You've seen it with every fitness person ever yeah, that yeah. started overweight or started and wanted to make a change. Yeah. You know, they started. They got to that low point where they're like, fuck, something needs to change. Yeah. And it's normally them. It's like you. It's your yeah. mindset that needs to change. It's my yeah. mindset that needs to change. And then when you do that, you can change everything. Yeah, you right. know, and it all comes back to just owning your shit. You know, like don't don't feel bad for it. You know, don't let the opinions of other people matter. Like yeah. try and get over that and just bring it all back to you because it's the most fucking empowering feeling in the world. Yeah, that's right. Very solid. I want to stay at rock bottom and then we'll try and climb out of rock, rock bottom as we go. And I've spoken about this a lot for those who've been listening to the show recently uh, about like stigmas around getting help when you're at rock bottom. And the first step might not always be to see a personal trainer or to sign up for a personal trainer's online program. The first step might actually be some form of what we know generally as counseling, like go and see almost a shrink, really. Do you have any thoughts around that, mate? Is, it, is there a stigma around it or have we created a stigma around it? Should people be reaching out to these people sometimes maybe as a first step? Marcus, if I could give a superpower to the world, it would be to stop caring about what everybody thinks yeah. about what you do. And I think if you have that going in, and it, to be honest, I'm so um, animated on that topic because I struggled with it for so long. Yeah. Like, I was crippled by the thought of what other people thought about me. Like, right. crippled, like analysis by paralysis. I yeah. wouldn't make decisions because I'm like, shit, what will my family think? What will my friends think? What will gym members think? What will this, that, or the wow. other think? You know, and... I think all stigma and everything comes down to the fact that you're caring too much of what other people think. I think if you can build that muscle with repetition on getting used to not caring what people think about you, yeah. that's the first step to getting out of rock bottom. Because when you're at rock bottom, by nature, you can't go any lower. Yeah. So that means you have nothing to lose. You're playing with house money now. It's like, cool. <laughs> like, fuck it. What people say something, shit, it's, it can't get any worse. You're yeah. at rock bottom. You may as well just let go of all that shit. And if you need to go to counseling, if you need to talk to somebody online, if you need to get a psychologist, if you need to do this, that, or the other, get into a gym or whatever it is, it's like, cool, make the decision based on you, not based on what other people think or based on the stigma. Like, it's, a, it, it, it's an objective thing. Like, if there's something you need that's going to make you better, you should do that now. You know, like, I, I've actually yeah. changed my mind on antidepressants in recent years. That was something I wow. was, because I was put yeah. on antidepressants as a teenager. Right. You know, I, I, was, I had problems as a teenager. And I, I'm so, I was so... Mate, if I get a cure of my listeners lining up for antidepressants, we're no, going to have a no, problem. No, like, so let's clarify well, you're this You're a fucking point. natural antidepressant. <laughs> like, um, like, I had a problem with that. And one of my belief systems was that no one should be on antidepressants. I think they're overprescribed and they're yeah. fucking horseshit. And uh, I still believe that 95% of the time. Right. But 5% of the time... For the person that is on the verge of suicide or on the verge of yeah. killing themselves or on the verge of something, if the antidepressant is the thing that stops them doing that and gives them the crutch to give them the leg up from rock bottom to go and do something else, yeah. I actually think there's a place for them. Yeah. Um, but for 95% of people, I'm like, they, 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 they don't need it. I've changed my mind on that. Um, but a lot of it comes down to w when you're at rock bottom, 
you need to do whatever you need to do that helps get you off that point. Yeah. Like if you're, you know, like I love the fucking Chinese proverb. Like if you fall, f- fucking fall on the ground, fall on your back because you're at least looking up. And if you can look up, you can get up. Like oh, just nice. fucking, yeah, if, you, right. if you focus on that, yeah. you can get up from rock bottom. Yeah, right. Mate, let's crawl out from rock bottom. We've spent quite a lot of the show on there. <laughs> spent a lot of my life Which, on there. <laughs> but mate, I, I, I actually I genuinely think it's probably one of the most... And that's why we spent time on it. It's probably one of the most untalked about thing because it's, it's realization, isn't it? It's saying, yeah, I'm, I'm in shit and I need to sort this out. So we've done that. We've been through the hard days. And during those days, you might wake up feeling not great, but you'll feel a little bit better because there, there starts to be light, right? What behaviors do we then see? What can people do on a daily basis to sort of start climbing out of where they are or where they've admitted they are and getting their life if we call it back on track or just living a life that they haven't been living so i've got two trains of thought that pull from completely opposite directions of this and i live both of them um one is i think you're so heavily influenced on the people that are in your life physically and making sure that you're spending more time with people who lift you up and make you a better version of you yeah emotional vampires and people that drag you down negative influences i'm like spend less time with them yeah. you know if you can like 80 20 rule make sure 80 percent of your time is with good fucking people yeah, family right. members friends work colleagues who are people who make you a better version of you that's one side of the spectrum and i build my entire life around that like i literally don't talk or hang around with people i don't like right. you know I, I we're very similar in that sense that i love your brutal honesty and i'm the same like if i don't like somebody i just don't talk to them yeah. like you know and, and the truth is i like most people because i get on with most people yeah, right. and there's some people that i like more than others yeah. you know and so that's one area and then the other side is i anchor my day in what i call kind of pillars of self-discipline so right. The reason I run every day and I run every training day is because I fucking hate running. And my hatred of running, yeah, it gives me a bit of mental toughness every single day. Yeah. But I also get up very early. I get up at 4 or 5 a.m. every morning because I hate getting up early. Like, I'm a night owl. You know, I would go to bed closer to 2 a.m. if I was left to my default. Would you? Yeah, yeah, that's my my natural default, yeah. Yeah. So I get up early and I run every day because what those two things do for me is they pillar me in self-discipline. They make everything in my life feel easier for that entire day. And I just rinse and repeat that during the week. So... Two things, super, super simple. One is waking up and two is doing, then you've got, you've, I mean, you do those two things quite close together because you work I, out first yeah. thing in the morning, yeah. but you've still got, you've created two focal points They're anchors. in the day. They're anchors, anchors for the day. Yeah. It, it, that's what's missing from a lot of people, right, mate? They should find their anchor. They don't have those what, what, anchors. Whatever their anchor is. Yeah. Like their anchors, your anchors might be something different. Yeah. You know, like I tell some overweight clients that I work with, I'm like, prep your meals the night before. Right. That could be one of your anchors for success. Yeah. Like, because you're making bad food choices the following day, maybe prep your meals or get a meal prep company, you know, like Holly's yeah. meal prep company, plug, you know, like plug, plug life. Um, <laughs> like, you know, do what you need to do. Like set yourself up. You yeah. know, they're the two that do it for me because they're two things but you see I've identified my, my weakness is mental we, I have mental weakness and yeah. I'm trying to build mental resiliency and mental toughness so I need to do things that make me mentally tougher yeah. and to do that for me this is a personal thing 
I don't like getting up early and I don't like running. So I do both of those things because each day they make me mentally stronger. Absolutely. And, and then when I run the Arctic or run the Sahara or run 100 miles or do whatever it is, yeah. I've developed that mental strength daily. Yeah. Like my running, it's funny. I do most of my runs on a treadmill. Yeah. But I do my ultras in the fucking Arctic or in the Sahara wow. or wherever. Like, because the treadmill, for me, it's so boring. Yeah. But, but it makes me mentally tougher. It also fits into my schedule. Like wow. I go in and I do my weight training first and then I do my runs after. Yeah. And it just fits into my schedule. The weather in Ireland's not as nice as Dubai. Like the risk of injury is high on wet roads. Yeah. Like particularly where I'm living now. And when I do it that way, it builds up this mental resiliency because yeah. I'm like, shit. I never, like I have never once, Marcus, since I started running two and a half years ago, I've never once wanted to do a run. Ever. Really? Never. Like, How do you deal with that though, mate? Because you, I know you do it every day and I know you've had this, what we've spoken about in the show, you've had this almost epiphany, you're at rock bottom, you know it's going to make you better, but how, how do you, and this is what people, I'm sure this is what people are, are, are wanting to know the answer to and maybe you don't have the complete answer, but how, how do you continue to execute something that you never look forward to? Because I try and merge it with something that I love. So the reason I run... Oh, you listen to me when you run. I, listen, I do. I listen to Inner Fight <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, saying, I'm like, I've got this lovely, <laughs> soothing voice in my ear. Um, like, so I have that. Yeah. And, but I also do weight training before my runs. Right. Because I love weight training. Right. I can't get my ass out of bed at fucking 4 or 5 a.m. to run. But I can to go weight training. You know, and I also preload, we talked about this, I preload a business podcast, it takes me an hour to drive into my gym, I then do weight training, listen to my favorite music, and then I do my runs, and I listen to Inner Fight, like you're one of my major podcasts that I listen to when I run, Right. and that's what what keeps me going, so a combination of doing something, I I love the gym, I love weight training, I love circuit training, I love that, I'll do that till the day I die, Right. so I do that first, and then I preload, you joke, but I like, I, I'm like going to answer legit now. Like if you have a podcast out and I'm like, fuck, I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah. I'll save it. Right. And then I'll put it on during the run. Right. So I do that. So you know, I do it. that with you or your podcast. I do that with my favorite podcast. I'll yeah. save them right. for the run. So it just makes like, you know, the sucking balls of running on a treadmill <laughs> a little bit more desirable. <laughs> put, put some in sugar. Mate, at least, yeah, talking about sugar and chocolate, at least you're, and this is what I would really put a disclaimer in here, guys is no thinking about the donuts you're going to eat at the end of the run is probably not like I, I love what you said there mate. Yeah. like you you love the weight training part so you couple those together and, and 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 it makes it work but what we're seeing a lot of is people are and this is a whole other show but people are obviously saying okay i'll do this really long training session because i get to have the biggest breakfast afterwards yeah <laughs> which but- is probably not as ideal for uh, for for most people right well, they should probably change like the the reward yeah. like I, I think that there's certain ro- rewards that are better than others like obviously you know yeah. um like I, I think it's very important that if you've done a workout, like you're not refeeding with a donut after. And, and I've had people do that. They're like, well, I've, yeah. you know, I've done my time on the yeah, cross trainer. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I've done my time in jail. I'm, I'm yeah. ready to go fucking I'm commit another crime. Now. Like I yeah. do what I want. It's like different rewards are worth, they're worth having. Yeah. Like, but I, what I generally tell people, this is a really simple hack. I'm like, yeah. find a protein powder you really like. Yeah. You know, I remember back in the day, I don't use protein powders anymore, but back in the day, I used to use the, the Optimum Nutrition chocolate mint. Right. I'm like, I fucking loved that protein. And I used to take glucose with it. Right. So, because I was trying to obviously replenish back in my bodybuilding <laughs> days, and I would have like, you know, 25 grams of protein, 25 grams of glucose, and like that tasted like sex in my mouth yeah. after every workout. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that 
that was the thing I looked forward to. It's so, so funny, mate. You say, you say that and we, we work out, there's a few of us that work out three or four days a week and it's mainly in, in the afternoon we work out together. It's just bodybuilding, strength stuff because obviously I run a lot or ride a lot in the morning and after every session I make a shake in the gym. Yeah. And the number of days, I have to tell you, mate, the number of days halfway through the session I'm like... I just wish this would end. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what my the shake. shake's coming. Yeah. Shake's coming. So yeah. it is. You put these things together, and yeah. obviously, like mate, it's like you said, it's not a donut. It's it's something that that is healthy, and it it does get you through it, right? Yeah, and whatever that is, like find your shake, find yeah. your your version of that that maps to your goal, yeah, um, and that's going to support you going forward. Like I fast, I train fasted in the morning right. too, and then I eat like you know a piece of salmon and vegetables after, and it sounds weird, but that's my favorite meal. Yeah, like salmon's my favorite food. And so I have that after training. So I'm always like dying for that Just meal after training. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's like find things that are in alignment with your goal, health-wise or fitness-wise, and line those up for after your workout. Yep. And definitely if the workout is something that you're not looking forward to because you're doing it to lose body fat or you're doing it to get fitter or you're doing it, in my case, to run an ultra. Yeah. Like have things lined up either side that you do enjoy and look forward to, and it just makes embracing the suck of the run a lot easier. Yeah. Mate, I want to move on a little bit. And I know we're not, we've not got eternal time what i want to ask you a little bit about that's obviously massively related to self-awareness is accountability now you your schedule is insane you wake up 4 30 you drive an hour by choice to the gym you you do all this thing and you're accountable to yourself because you've you've had this low moment what when do we get people to be accountable for their self what should people be looking for is there a time to say okay i don't need that coach anymore to be accountable to or is there certain scenarios where these two things go sort of in parallel the whole time that's an awesome question because i think the self-awareness ties so well into the accountability yeah you know um because there's areas of my life that i don't need accountability in right and there's other areas where i need a lot of accountability <laughs> um you know when it comes to health and fitness i don't need the accountability you know when it comes to signing up for a run one of the reasons i post it on my social media is because i'm accountable then to my audience i'm like yeah. fuck i have to do it now yeah. you know so that that helps me a little bit in that area but when it comes to general fitness and general eating i'm like i don't need the accountability i'm good i've got good habits i've been doing it for a yeah. long time i don't need it but as soon as it comes to something like a romantic relationship like i need accountability coaches or friends who keep me accountable when i'm telling myself a story that's not very supportive right. and i'm i know that's a weak area and it always has been it's, it's it's my achilles heel that is at competence now but it's still compared to other areas in my life not as strong right. so i need the accountability in that for somebody just to point out my blind spots. Right. And I think for people listening, it's identifying where are you weak? Where do you need the accountability? Yeah. You know, like I use the four quadrants, health, wealth, love and fulfillment. Like there, that's kind of my metric for life. Like my yeah. health, my physical, mental health, my wealth, my bank account, my love, my family, my relationships nice. and my fulfillment, my job. Like it just gives me, I'm, I, I need visual sh stuff to be able to keep me on. So will you, you'll use a visual like that quadrant that you, yeah. people can obviously go back to a load of Brian's stuff. I'm sure it's still there. It's probably in his book. You'll use that and you'll check in with yourself on a, on a monthly basis, mate, yeah. or a weekly basis. So, how do you do it? So how I do it, I do it now every, probably every month or every quarter. Right. But at the start, it was every week. So I would do, because obviously when you start something new at the beginning, you need to be check in with it a yeah. lot more. Yeah. You know, same as training, same as diet. 
and I would scale it one to ten. So right. I'd be like, cool, how did this week go? How was my training this week? How was my mental health this week? Yeah. And same with my wealth, same with my love, same with my fulfillment levels. And I would check in with that. And I would rate it on a one to ten. One being lowest, ten being the highest. And if one was low each week, I'm like, okay, why was that low? Yeah. You know, and what was happening for me, one of the ways I was able to deal or not deal, identify my issues with anxiety and social anxiety around my social media was I was spending way too much time on social media. Right. You know, my mental health was like low. When I started that in 2017, yeah. I'm like, why the fuck is my mental health so low every week? And you just keep asking questions. I'm like, right, well, you're spending nine hours on social media. Yeah. Like, I spend a lot of time on social media now. I was saying, Hamid here who's listening in the background, I was telling him that, I spend an ungodly amount of time on social media, but it's replying to my audience. Right. It's right. replying to DMs. It's replying to comments. It's creating content. I'm a terrible consumer on Instagram. Right. Like, I actually right. don't consume. Yeah. You know, I check out your stuff. I check out Tom's stuff. Yeah. I, particularly the days where I'm like, shit, I need to kick up the ass today. You know, but I'm not a great consumer, yeah. but I do consume podcasts. Right. You know, so they work for me, but my mental health and anxiety was just being ramped up all the time. Yeah. And I was able to identify with that quad because that score was so low that there's a problem here you should probably fix that yeah um so that that that's what allowed me to do that that's a really one thing that that you've said there mate that i think people have listened to your show listened to my show before everything that whenever you give yourself that score you then say why yeah why is it high and don't lie about the fucking score don't lie yeah about yeah not. <laughs> This is, it has to be a bit of honesty, but as soon as we brought people from rock bottom, we presume mm. that people are still being honest, but absolutely fair. No, point. man, but it's fucking, like, I love the Richard Feynman quote, don't fool yourself and you're the easiest person to fool. Yeah. Like, you know, it's very easy to lie to yourself and be like, oh, no, no, my, my, my mental health is great. Or for me, like, an embarrassing one was, like, my love quadrant. Yeah. You know, my, my, when I wasn't spending as much time with my mum, you know, I have a weekly daddy-daughter day with my daughter. Yeah. Like, when I wasn't doing those things, I was like, that quadrant is low. And you don't want to admit that. Yeah. You know, you don't want to admit Definitely that. Like, not. that's the problem. But, like, the first step of fixing a problem is identifying that it's a problem in the first place. And then you can put solutions in around it. Yeah. Um, so don't lie. To just I didn't mean to cut over your no, jump no, over you, but just don't lie just to yourself. Because I've done it, yeah. and it doesn't help. Yeah. And, I mean, continuing on that, mate, is, is the why, which might not come straight away, right? It might take you. If you went through, you're on your quarterly mm. quadrant now. If you went through and you've got a lower score in one area, ask yourself why. It could take two or three days to it could take two or three months really yeah Mark it took me ages to realise that it was social media that was causing that really and then it was like just a basic scientific approach I'm like let's keep every variable in your life the same and remove one yeah. and see if that makes it better yeah. and that's what happened it, it took a load of things because I'm like wow. maybe I'm not sleeping enough maybe I'm yeah. not eating I didn't know I'm like yeah. why, why, why am I so anxious all the time wow. like and then I, I re- took that away yeah. I would take one thing away at a time and then when I scale back my because I would Mark I would scroll through Instagram for hours looking at other people's content comparing myself to other people and what they were doing I'm like well that didn't oh, fucking yeah. help at all it's, look yeah. in hindsight it's obvious yeah, that's going to make you mate. fucking miserable but when you're in the moment it's, you, don't, you don't notice it when you're putting on 500 grams a week you don't yeah. really notice yeah. it but then when you jump on the scale after three months and yeah. you're you know 20 kilos heavier yeah. where did that come from yeah. well you've gained 500 grams a week for the last yeah. you know however many weeks it's super interesting mate and I think maybe that's a point for, for people that are listening like you're, you're very good at figuring stuff out on your own but that might be a point where people okay self-awareness is one thing that we've been speaking about but that might be a point where actually you get someone to help you hold up a mirror and 
keep on saying why and maybe probing with different things, right? Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm that good at figuring it out myself. But what I am good at is doing the detective work on trying to listen to podcasts or read the right books that yeah. can potentially fill in the unknown unknowns. Right. So the things that I don't know, I don't know. Like, you know, like the, the things you know are fine. You know, the things you don't know you can figure out. The things yeah. you don't know, you don't know that are really fucking kill you mate if you said that really fast with your accent there's no way i'd understand that. oh uh, the, the things you know are <laughs> fine yeah time. yeah so. but i normally listen to shows on one and a half speed and that would have just absolutely oh, shit. yeah yeah I, i'm not a one and a half speeder like, <laughs> i'm like slow that shit right down <laughs> sorry mate i keep cutting up you, but that was brilliant yeah but it's true anyway. yeah but the, the, that's the uh, and the approach is you know, I love the old story with the, I'm sure you've heard this about um, Henry Ford, you know, when they were calling him out in the, in the courtroom about that you don't know anything about your business. He's like, I know everything about my business from start to finish. Yeah. And a lawyer asked him a question. He's like, cool, give me the phone. He was like, what do you mean give me the phone? He was like, oh, you know, you've asked me an accountant question. I'll call my accountant and ask yeah, him. Right. And he was yeah. like, you, the lawyer chast- chastised me. He was like, well, you don't know anything about your business. He goes, no, but I know where to go to get the answers. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. I, I, it's not that I can figure shit out myself, but I do know where to go when I have problems. Nice. I know what books to check back in with. Nice. I know what podcast to go and listen to. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm not fucking sucking your dick on the podcast, but, <laughs> but when I'm feeling weak on the days when I have a longer run, yeah. I always tune back into the, it's, the inner fight's one of the ones I go to yeah. you know or I re-listen back to your podcast on yeah. mine yeah. you know re- yeah, weirdly yeah. enough I've, I've listened to that back several times and Tom Otten's wow. the same yeah. you know because they're tools in my toolkit I'm like I'm not feeling mentally tough today I need to run 30 kilometers I need to plug Marcus in my ear and just get my shit done yeah. and that helps me so it's not a case of being able to figure anything out it's a case of knowing where to go yeah, when you I have an issue one, right man. now you yeah. know yeah I think that's uh, I mean before we wrap up mate that's a really strong point isn't it it's like you know what the it's a toolbox of tricks right mm-hmm. you you know it's it, it's almost like okay i'm thirsty what do i do i drink some water yeah i need yeah. this answer where do i go i need this and i think we're subconsciously doing that a lot but i also think that self awareness is also consciously doing it it's like mm-hmm. identifying it and and knowing that you've built those tools and and you'll go to them and not just doing stuff subconsciously because then you don't know the next time that problem comes up, you don't know that you did that, that behavior the time before. And I know this sounds a little bit sort of maybe here and there for people, but it's like, you know, demotivated. I listened to Brian Keane's fitness podcast. Six months down the line, demotivated. Oh, what should I do? Yeah. Like, it's not a natural default to go, well, this happened about six months ago. What did I do? Oh, yeah, I listened to Brian Keane and he, bang, and then we go and do it. Yeah. So it's, it's that toolbox. Mate, before we wrap up, I know you, you've, you've got to go. I've got to go and meet on for lunch and I'll be upset if I'm late. <laughs> Some final thoughts or final advice for people, mate, around the subject of putting these things into practice. On a daily basis, getting up, going and getting it, being self-aware daily. What sort of... I love Jerry. Jerry Springer, what is your yeah. final thoughts on what we've been speaking about? Um, I'm going to wrap it and tie it all together and tell, say that my general advice to people is to start small and to make very small changes. But my actual answer and advice is to have the self-awareness to realize that if you, if you do better with big changes, yeah. you should make the big changes. Um, I don't do well with small and simple steps. I do better with overhauls. I do right. better with, I don't run to I run 100 miles. Right. I do better with the extremes. 
not everybody does. Find where you are on that spectrum. Do you work better? You have an end goal of losing weight, getting fitter, running an ultra, starting a business, whatever it is. This is your end goal. Are you going to be better by starting small and putting small steps that help get you into that goal every day? Yeah. Or are you better to be like, cool, let's do a fucking life overhaul now? Yeah. You know, because most people aren't life overhaul people. No, I absolutely. am. Yeah. But most people will either be at the start or fall somewhere in between that spectrum. Identify self-awareness where you are on that spectrum. And then based on that, just make sure that your daily actions are mapping to your end goal. Like, yeah. as long as what you're doing every day is helping you get that little bit closer to your end goal, if you fucking stumble and fall and fail one day and eat too much and miss a training session, cool, reset and go the next day. Like, awesome. you just keep doing that over and over and over and over again until you get to whatever end goal you have. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Brian Keane, you're a legend, mate. Loads so much there. I mean, we could probably speak about it for absolutely hours, right? <laughs> the pleasure's but all mine. All of your resources, mate. People shop over Instagram. I'll put everything in the show notes. All the books he's written, his podcast. He's got loads of good guests, way better than the guests that I have on my show. <laughs> question the guys out <laughs> But, mate, great to have you here in Dubai. Congratulations for, for what you've done. And thanks a lot for opening up so much. I learned some new things there about you, mate. Daily, <laughs> yeah. Lot, fucking weak-ass so. cunt. <laughs> <laughs> great way to finish it. Cheers, thanks brother. Lot, mate. <laughs>